listening to Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast, where we talk about your theological questions. BGN podcast is produced every Saturday for your enjoyment. Get more information on our website, grace-nation.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at GraceNationMin and on Facebook. Yo, yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of of Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. I am your host, Victor. And I'm excited to be back. I know I missed last week, and I want to apologize to everyone. I'm so sorry. It has been a hectic week. Last week was all my final exams. I had about four exams in the span of like three days, and I was just cramming. I was super stressed, but don't worry. We're back, and I'm excited to be back. So I apologize for missing last week. I thought about posting something kind of like midweek, when I had a little bit of extra time, but I just decided I was going to just relax and come back strong. So we have a fun episode ready for you guys today. And I just want to say thank you guys. Thank you for continuing to listen to the podcast. I know I took a week off and I was looking at the stats and like, we're still doing really well. So I just want to say thank you guys. I got a new laptop. So I'm finally recording on a MacBook Pro 15 inch. Yep. Like I made it big time now. So I'm super excited for that and I'm prepping for next year. I have 6 weeks off of school which means I am going to be really pouring into Grace Nation Ministries and bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. We have a lot of really cool stuff coming up, a lot of really cool people we're going to interview. And so I'm really excited to introduce you guys to some of those things. I'm also just kind of, I, I just want to put it out there. I'm probably going to be taking a few more weeks off at the end of December and using those weeks to really plan for Grace Nation Ministries. So maybe two or three weeks there at the end of December, I'll come back the first Saturday of January and we will get rolling. It's going to be awesome. I'm super excited, but that's just going to give me the time that I need to set up the interviews, to set up the content, to set up. So we have an amazing launch in January. Guys, check out the store. We sell merch. It's not even merch. We sell clothes. Like this is legit stuff. This isn't your, you know, go to Disney, get a Mickey Mouse hat. No, this is your, I'm about to walk out and look great kind of stuff. So you're going to want to pick yourself up some shirts. We got some hats and we have a brand new hat or cup sorry mug not hat we still have our hats we have a mug so check out that kind of stuff guys i posted a while back just on my page i was just like hey do you guys have any questions or do you have any anything that you guys would like for me to discuss on the podcast and someone had commented kind of this theme of restoration restoration in every area of life physical spiritual emotional just this idea of restoration and as i got thinking about that i was pointed to Psalm 51, and that's kind of where I've been meditating these past few weeks. I was asked to give a devotion at the summit, and I kind of spoke on this there, and I kind of want to bring that into the podcast today. I think we have a lot, like, there is a lot for us to learn in Psalm 51, and it's a psalm that I would assume a lot of us would be pretty familiar with. If I'm, if I'm just honest, we probably are. It's a psalm that a lot of us probably go to when we're struggling with stuff. It's a psalm that, that we probably find ourselves in a decent amount, especially if we are consistently reading scripture. 
And if you don't know that much about Psalm 51, that's okay. We're going to talk about it today. So Psalm 51, just to kind of build the context, if you guys, you guys should know the story of David when he was doing stuff he shouldn't be doing. He slept with this girl. She got pregnant. So he then sent uh, her husband to the front lines of battle to be killed. David was in the wrong spot. He, he, he was essentially rebelling against who God was and he was putting other people's lives in danger and he ended up murdering someone. So David was kind of in a kind of like a mess at this point. Like David had been struggling. He was not doing well at all in the eyes of the Lord. And um, basically Nathan, a prophet came to David and he was like, Hey man, like you had better repent like it's like you need to ask for God to forgive you. And that's where Psalm 51 uh Psalm 51 is a result of David's uh pleading for forgiveness from God. And so I'm just going to read the whole psalm. I'm going to read the whole psalm and then I want to specifically focus in on a few verses. So here we go. Actually I'm trying to think. Do I want to read the whole psalm? I'll read I'll read the three verses we're going to do. It's kind of a long psalm. So I'm just going to read the verses that we're going to focus on. Look for that word restore. Here we go. Starting in verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach the transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. It's such an interesting little passage, and I'm gonna I've been I would say one of my life verses has been that restore to me the salvation or restore to me the joy of your salvation, O Lord. That's been a verse that I meditate on. Like, I think I pray that daily. I just ask God to give me the joy of his salvation fresh on my heart each day. That's a verse that's a, that I, I intentionally focus in on that verse. However, as I was reading this passage the other day, I noticed something really interesting. Listen again. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. That's awesome. And then pay attention here. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Now, I'm not one to draw a ton or the bulk of my theology from the Psalms or from the poetic literature. That's not something I think is is hermeneutically correct. I think we have to be really careful when we're drawing like deep theology from literature that was meant to be ambiguous. And so I'm I'm usually really hesitant to draw theology out of Psalms. However, I think here I think we can make an exception and here's why. I think we can make an exception on this because of the historical context that was surrounding why David was writing this psalm. I think the like David was like like David was the leader. He was the king. Like everyone looked up to David. And if he is living in sin, if he is uh actively pursuing a sinful life, then what are his people going to do as well? It's very similar to how a kid mimics the actions of his parents. He's going the kid wants to be cool, he wants to be accepted, he wants to be happy. So he's just going to imitate everything his parents do, regardless if they're good or bad. 
And so David, living in sin, his subjects were also going to follow his lead, even if even if they didn't uh, like objectively know he was living in sin, right? They're just going to follow after David because he is their leader. That's why I think David knows that the sinners will return to God because he's returning to God. And that's what I that's that's something that's unique about leadership. And especially for the people that listen to this podcast that are in a position of leadership, in essence we are all in some how some way some form of leadership, but for people who are like pastors and leading like a congregation, like we have to be really careful. We have to be seriously careful that we are not pursuing sin because the people that we lead are going to follow us whether or not we we want them to or know that they will. They will. It's just going to happen if we're pursuing the things of this world. But if we are pursuing God in our personal life, if we are pursuing his forgiveness, if we are pursuing his joy, then our people are going to follow. And this doesn't just go for leaders in the church, guys. This goes for this goes for leaders and and if you're at work and you are on a team and you're seen as a leader, like we're all leaders in some way. And I think this principle applies. And so I was reading these passage this passage verses more specifically 12 and 13, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. I was reading through that and I came up with three main points. And I mean, I, I'm Baptist. So of course I'm going to come up with three main points because that's what Baptists do. That's what we're best at. It's coming up with three points, but they're not alliterated. So I apologize. Maybe I'm not as Baptist as I thought, but point one that I really like write this down. Okay. This is important. This is like a mini sermon. Okay. Write this down. Our joy is stifled by unrepentant sin. Now focus in on this. David clearly did not find his security and joy in Christ or in God because he wouldn't have acted out in the way that he did. The joy that he once found in God was masked by the active sin that he had chosen to put on God's throne. Is there any unresolved sin in your heart that is holding you back from enjoying the joy of God? This is a serious question, guys, that we should meditate on often. Especially because when we're in positions of leadership, when we're in positions of leadership, our unresolved sin will affect the way that we lead people. The thing that sucks about sin is that we may not even know that we're dealing with unresolved sin. Sometimes we we don't even know the depth of our heart. Like we don't even know the darkest parts of our heart. God knows our heart in and out, which is why we need the spirit to go into those dark places and root out our unrepentant sin, bring them to the top and cut them off so that we look more like Christ. We have to rely on God and any unrepentant sin in our life is going to stifle the joy that we find in God, which will therefore make us bear no fruit. Guys, this is serious. The second thing is that joy is given and restored by God. This is key. David shows his complete inability to fix himself and a complete dependence on God, not only to forgive, 
but to carry him forward. I also think that we're prone to fall into this trap to think that forgiveness is all that God does. But I'm here to tell you that that God does so much more than forgive. He carries us. He is our sustainer. The one that pushes us forward gives us the strength that we need to avoid sin. We need to plead with God to carry us forward. We need to plead with God that every word that comes from our mouth is from him and not of us. That everything we would say would fall flat and back into dust where it belongs, but that everything that we say would be completely from God so that we would walk in his joy and produce fruit because of it. Lastly, joy in salvation is essential for effective ministry. Let's tune in here for a second. We are all doing some form of ministry. You don't have to be a pastor or a deacon or working at a church or a youth leader. You don't have to do any of that stuff to be doing ministry. We are all involved in active ministry, whether you like it or not. That is because if you're a father, you are pouring into your kids. You are serving your wife. If you are... Uh, working at a, at a law firm or at a desk job, you have coworkers that you can pour into. If you're a teacher, you have coworkers and students that you get to pour into. If you're a tutor, you get to build relationships with people. I'm just saying all these things to say that you are doing active ministry regardless of if you know it, and joy in our salvation is essential for that ministry to be effective. I can do ministry all day. I can do ministry all day and it mean absolutely nothing if I am not finding my joy in the Lord, which would then produce effective ministry. I could sit here and talk into a microphone all day, all day, but I need to find my joy in God because when I find my joy in God, it's going to be perceived by the audience and it's going to be taken as truth. People are going to see that. They're going to see that joy and salvation. We have to have joy in our, our salvation to have effective ministry. And I think these verses show us that. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. We have to have God hold us to be willing to follow him. Like our will to follow God is only because God gives us that will to follow him. Right? <laughs> It's so, we are incapable of desiring God on our own. We, he has to pursue us. Here's verse 13 though. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Sinners only return after David found his joy in God. Sinners weren't returning because, because when they looked up to their leader, they didn't have anyone to look up to. They were looking up to the sinful, unrepentant, active, sin-living person who was ineffective. But now that David shifted, found his joy in the Lord, sinners were returning to God, and David was a man after God's own heart. What does it mean to be a man after God's own heart? Well, maybe God finds joy in himself. Maybe we should too find joy in God. 
the same way David did. David was a man after God's own heart. All of this to say that that joy in our salvation is essential. It comes with our salvation. Now, there may be seasons in life where we just don't feel good. Like we are living in sin and our sin is blinding us and stifling us from enjoying the relationship that we have in God. And we need to be responsible Christians and acknowledge that sin and repent of it immediately. Because with salvation comes joy in the Lord. They are hand in hand. When you are regenerated by the Holy Spirit, you will enter into joy. A joy that you never experienced before. A joy that was not found in the things of this world. Read Ecclesiastes. Everything in this world is like vapor. It just passes away. It's here for a second and gone the next. Joy isn't something that's found here. Joy is something that we are invited into, that we are taken into when we receive the Holy Spirit. It's one of the awesome privileges of God that we get to enjoy him. We get to enjoy him because God enjoys himself. Our joy is found in the fact that God enjoys himself. He is completely satisfied in his perfect union of the Trinity. They didn't need to add on. They didn't have to, he didn't have to create us. God's not dependent on what we do. We just get to be invited into him. Like how awesome is that? Like, let us not let that truth go unnoticed, unappreciated. Let us, let us worship him because of that. Because God finds perfect union within himself. We too can find perfect union in him. It's such an amazing truth, guys. Such a beautiful truth. So I want to challenge you guys this week. I really do. I want to challenge you to pray three things this week. You can do them all at once. You can do one a day. You can do all three each day. I just Each week, pray for one of these things. Number one, pray that God would reveal any unresolved or unknown sins in your heart. Ask God to bring them to the surface. Guys, I'm going to let you know this prayer kind of sucks. Like... Like when God points out your inadequacies, it kind of hurts at first, but it's only to make you look more like Christ. He's doing it out of love. God disciplines those he's, those he's, those he loves. So ask God to bring forward or reveal any unresolved or unknown sins in your heart and give you the power and strength to confront that sin. Number two, Ask God to restore the joy of his salvation. Pray through Psalm 51 each day this week. Ask God to restore the joy of his salvation. God is a God who cares about his name and the proclamation of his word. God does not turn a deaf ear to our requests or prayers. Ask God to restore the joy of his salvation to your heart. And then lastly, ask God to minister to people in your ministry. Ask God to work on the people that are in your life. Ask God to draw your neighbor's hearts towards himself so that when you confront someone, when you are able to talk with someone about the gospel, they will have already had a heart that is prepped and ready to hear it. The gospel, when it is proclaimed, does not come back void. Invest in people's lives. Ask questions. Have conversations. Meet people. 
God is working in people's lives and we need to seek out those people. We need to proclaim the gospel. We need to teach people. We need to love people effectively. And so that's my challenge for you guys this week. Pray those things. Ask God to reveal sin. Ask God to restore his joy. And then ask God to produce fruit because of that. I promise you, you'll, you guys will see God work. I promise you. It's going to be amazing. I hope you guys are doing fantastic. Remember, you can reach out to me, grace-nation.com. Contact us. You can reach out to me. Email me, gracenationministries at yahoo.com. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. I'm on all of them. You guys can hit me up there. Guys, seriously, I say this every week and it stays the it stays true. Like it's still true today. You are beautiful and you are one of a kind. Until next time, take care and God bless. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. The BGN Podcast comes out every week. Questions? Email us at gracenationministries at yahoo.com or tweet us at gracenationmin. Until next time, take care and God bless.